we need to, and this message today is, is really a, a message about obedience. And we're going to follow Moses and Aaron, and, and it's about obedience to God, to being obedient to his word, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what the surroundings look like, no matter how many people are coming at you and telling you you're nuts, no matter what it is, we stay focused and we stay obedient to God. And I can, I can assure you, if you'll stay obedient to God, if you'll stay obedient to God's word, your life, although it may look like a, a, a complete uh, chaos sometimes, it's going to be just fine. Amen? Every time, I, every time things come up and things occur, I know one thing. When God asked me to start this church, I was, it was just as simple as can be. Stay to my word. Stay to my word and everything's going to be okay. It may not look okay, but it's going to be okay. And that's the same with our lives. Stay to God's word and your life will be okay. And when, when we get away from God's word, when we get on the, our own understanding of what we want to say, what we want to do, life gets in turmoil and a mess, and then we look up and say, what happened? Well, just go back and follow. You compromised somewhere down the way. And you, your opinions became what was important to you instead of what God's word, when it should be important to you. And I guarantee you, if you just go back and check that, you're going to find it. Amen? I, I've done the same thing throughout my life. I always go back, and, I, and I'd say, there's, there's this problem right there. I compromised right there. And ever since then, I started compromising more and more and more to get what I thought I wanted or deserved. It doesn't work. And if you're going to go and be, if you're going to go and try to lead people to the Lord, you can't compromise. And not, not, in the, not in the least little bit, you can't compromise. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. And Father, for all the ones here today, Lord, and, and the many that are out doing whatever they're doing, Lord, we just ask you to be with them and bless them, Father. Let them know we miss them. And Father, that you would just pour upon our hearts today to understand your word, to understand that you don't ask us to be obedient out of any kind of, uh, uh, that you want to be reigning king over us, but that because you love us, and you know that we're not obedient, that the world will hurt us. And so, Lord, I thank you for your message. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, let me see here. The path of obedience leads others. Amen? Um, there's, there's followers and there's leaders out there in the world. And a lot of you, you start to, as you start to grow up, you start to understand who's a follower and who's a leader. And, and, but I, I can tell you, in the Word of God, with the, with the, with the church... The ones that are obedient to God, they're the ones that should be leading. And they're the ones that other people want to follow. They, they look at that, at that person's life and they say, man, that, that person or that, that man or woman or even that child, there's something going on in there. It seems like no matter what happens to them, they seem to be okay with it. Somehow I've seen some, some serious, I've seen death, I've seen it all. And some people are just okay. They, 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 know that they know the word of God, they know the truth of God, and they keep following that truth and obedient to God. And no matter what happens in their life, they stay focused on God. And those are the ones that people want to be like. They want to, they want to imitate that. And so that's what we're called to be, is, is to be just like it. And the path of disobedience, it, lead, it doesn't lead anywhere. It doesn't lead anywhere. And y'all know that. Y'all grew up, you know what that means. Every time you're disobedient, when I was a kid, it ended up me down, down there with my dad, bending over my, and grabbing my knees. That's what it ended up with me. And I found out pretty soon, that doesn't take me anywhere but a hurting. And you know, lots of when we're disobedient with God, it's the same way. It leads us to hurting and pain. 
And that's not what he intended. He wrote this wonderful book, this wonderful word, the holy word called the Bible. So we have instructions how to live even in a world of complete chaos. And the Lord said to, said to Aaron, and this is, this is an amazing thing. This is where we pick off from last week. And I, I, I look at these verses, and so many verses. I love details. I, I'm a detail guy. I love details. I love to look at words. And, I, and, and so many often, we can, we can go from that time we read last week and the few verses ahead of this where God wanted to kill Moses, and all of a sudden, we just take off and go, and, and we want to get to chapter 5, and we go right past these words. And the, but listen here. And the Lord said to Aaron, that means God's talking to Aaron, and Aaron is what? Paying attention. Now, Aaron is Moses' brother, but Moses has been gone for 40 years. I mean, he left because he killed an Egyptian, uh, Egyptian soldier and, and ran off like a coward, ran off for 40 years. So I don't know whether Aaron and Moses have, have talked to each other. Now, they didn't have cell phones, did they? They didn't have emails. They didn't have anything. And so when I look at this, I'm looking at God. He's going to come up Pacific and come right to Aaron. And he's going to have instructions for Aaron. And so that tells me that Aaron is a man of God. Because not only is God talking to Aaron, Aaron is listening to God. And that is important. I want, God talks, he still talks to us today. He talks to us through his word, through prayer, through circumstances, through the church, and through the Holy Spirit. He talks to us today. He talks in this time, he, he would almost talk one-to-one. An angel would come, or a vision, or a dream, or whatever, and he'd talk that way. But today, he talks through his word through prayer, through circumstances, through the Holy Spirit, and through the church. That's the way he talks. That's the way he communicates. First thing this morning, I, I was out sitting in my office, and I, and I had this song in my mind all week. Where's Brooke? Brooke around here. I don't even remember the name of the song now, Brooke. Yeah, and I, and I was sitting back down there, and, and, I, and, I, and I knew Brooke was in here, and I, I wrote that. I, I actually came on my, my phone back here, uh, my iPod back there, and I, and I wrote that song down. I run in here to Brooke, and I say, please, please do this song. And Brooke's always gracious. She usually does anything I ask. And she says, well, yeah, we're getting ready to do it. <laughs> that's God. And then you see, that's how God works. Amen? You say, well, that's just a coincidence. No, I say, I don't believe in coincidences. I don't ever believe in coincidence. I believe God's got it planned out. Amen. He talks to us in those ways. That's just an excellent example. He wanted me to use that this morning. Do you believe that? Yeah, that's what he wanted. I didn't know. I just knew that the song had been on my mind. I I was asking Vicki early in the week, what is that song? It says something about something. I don't don't hear these things. It's something about she's, I don't know. (laughs) But I heard it this morning right at the right time. Isn't that amazing? I've got thousands of songs on my phone. But that particular song played right then. I wrote it down. I come up here and boom, that's God. And that's how God works in your life over and over and over again. If you pay attention. Now, Aaron was a man that paid attention to God. And we see that. But the, the, the really wonderful thing about this is how they, how they meet. And the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. Now, can you imagine, okay, Moses, I haven't seen him in 40 years. I've got no idea what this guy looks like. He kind of looks like Buddy back here. But, <laughs> we don't, you know, he don't know. He's 40 years old. It's like, is Moses still even alive? And then we're talking about, it says what? The wilderness? Well, to me, the wilderness is what? It's wilderness. 
Man, there's no street signs. There's no, hey, you're going to go meet down by the Shell gas station on such and such street. Are you going to go meet down on the corner at the barbershop? There's nothing like it. It's just go to the wilderness. Listen, if you skim by this, you skim by the power and the love that God has. He is so direct. He just he guides us. Now, somehow Aaron's going to go to the wilderness to meet Moses. And that's his instructions. Now, isn't that wonderful? If, well, if we could live our lives like that, we just hear God through the word of God, and God says, go do this, and you don't know anything else, you just know to go. Because you trust God through obedience and faith that God will give you the direction. Amen? Because I can tell you, Aaron, he, how is this going to know? It says, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him on the mountain of God. Now, a few verses earlier, we know that God had talked to Moses, said he was going to send Aaron. And the mountain of God, we know the mountain of God is Mount Moret, and that's the mountain of God. That's where Moses and Elijah and a lot of people met at that mountain. And kissed him. So Moses knew where to go to, didn't he? Now, I don't know if you've ever been at the foot of a mountain or not, but they're big. It, it's, it's huge. It's big. And so to me, just, just to see how God works, how he has got this beautiful plan, and the plan has got to meet Aaron and Moses have got to meet at the mountain of God to understand the plan of God. And the first thing they got to see to themselves is how in the world did Moses find Aaron and Aaron find Moses? Because God directed it. Amen? See, God, he wants, he wants to be so precise in your life. He wants to direct your life. Now, those that listen to God, those that hear God, will be directed by God. Amen? You'll know which hospital room to go into. You'll know which everything to go into. You'll know it. You'll say, well, how do I know? Because God speaks to us. He's not a God that doesn't, that doesn't care about us. He loves us. He speaks to us. In the, in, the, in the worst days, if you'll cry out to Jesus, I'm telling you, he'll listen to you and he'll speak to you. See, we just got to pay attention on how he's going to speak to us. And circumstances is a wonderful way he uses. We'll talk about circumstances as we go a little farther in this. And he kissed him. And they were excited. They're two brothers that have been separated because of just such sin. You know how sin separates us from our loved ones? That's what this is. They're separated because of sin. For 40 years, they've been separated. And finally, God is bringing this back together. He is going to make all new again. Amen? And he starts with these two men. Two men are going to affect all of Egypt and all of Israel for eternity. Two men that God's going to use. See, so when people say, what can a one church do or two church? It can do anything that God directs you to do if you're listening. And if your life is kind of like in a mess right now, I'm telling you, if you just listen to God, if you'll just cry out to God and say, Lord, I don't know where to start, I don't know where to begin, but Lord, here I am. Just start with me in my life. Start to, start to help me understand my life. Start to help clean it up, Lord. And I'll tell you, as we go through this, obedience is the tool. Because Aaron had to be obedient to what God was going to tell him, and Moses had to be obedient to what God was going to tell him in order for this to take off this beautiful thing to take off. In verse 28 it says, So Moses said, told Aaron all the words the Lord who had sent him. So we got this time, and you just imagine, we got a campsite here, and, and they're going to hang out for a while. We don't know how many days or how many hours or whatever, but they're going to hang out, and they're going to talk about God. Amen? These two men that, that are listening to God and hearing about God, 
they're going to talk about God. God has got a, a plan, and Moses is going to be excited to tell Aaron of what happened with the rod of God and with the, the, the hand that become paralyzed and not paralyzed. He's going to be excited to tell Aaron. And he says, Aaron, you're going to be my mouthpiece because you know, you know I've always stuttered and I've always had trouble speaking. You saw me grow up. When I was in that king's palace, you knew I had struggles, and you saw all that. And, and, and God's going to use you to be my mouthpiece. And Aaron's going to have to what, agree to that, amen? Aaron's going to say, okay, I'm going to go in front of Pharaoh. I'm going to go in front of Pharaoh, and I'm going to speak the words you whisper in my ears. I don't know about you, but that, that might be a scary thing because they're going to go in front of Pharaoh, and they're going to say, what's he going to say? Let my people what? Go. Because Aaron and, and, and Moses are going to go and be, man. They're going to go to Egypt, and they're going to be the mouth and the word of God. And they're going to put everything on the line, including their physical life, including their lives of, the, of Aaron's family and sister and Miriam and all that. All that's going to be put on the line. Because Pharaoh doesn't care about slaves. He's not going to be answerable to anybody. He could have killed Moses there anytime he, anytime he chose. But he couldn't because God's hand was on it. Amen? These, these lessons, these history things, that got, aren't they wonderful? I don't know if you all get excited like me, but I get excited when I read these things. I get excited when I see Aaron and Moses coming together, and only one way they came together was God. Man, that was the God thing. Amen? It was a God thing. He kissed him, and Moses said to Aaron, all the words of the Lord who had sent me, sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. I don't know what kind of camp out that was, but man, that was a good one. Amen? That was a good one. And can you imagine Aaron just sitting and telling Moses, Moses, since you left 40 years ago, it's just been chaos. They make us do this and that. And this slavery is unreal. We're at our wit's end. We've been crying out to God. And Moses says, I'm here to help free the slaves. Now also this represents, I want you to understand, this represents coming out of sin. When, they, when, they're coming up, when, they're, when they're going to Pharaoh, Pharaoh represents Satan. He represents every, everything about evil, everything about darkness. And it's God taking his people and pulling them out of sin, of the darkness that's destroying their lives because they are slaves to it. Amen? Now, I'll tell you what. Until you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a slave to sin. You can say, no, 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 I got control of that. Yeah, how's that going for you? How'd that go for you? You know how good it went for me, George? Not too good. Slave to sin. But God chose to pull out. And I was obedient to his word. And I tried compromising. I tried doing a lot of things. And over and over and over good, God would direct me back. Until I became obedient. Now, do I still struggle? Absolutely. I'm in the flesh, man. But I don't want to. Let's go on. The power of your faith in action. The power of your faith in action is unleashed through your obedience and commitment to God. Now, this faith and obedience thing, I mean, they're like, they're like intertwined, you know? But there is obedience and faith, but they're, they're really they're close. It's hard to have one without the other. We can try it, but it's hard to have it. If, if your faith is not, if, if your obedience and your faith are not together, if they're not working together, you're going to struggle in your walk with God. 
You're going to, it's like battling together. You can't. It's got to be together. They're intertwined. You can't separate it. And oftentimes, churches and Christians try to, inter- to separate it. It doesn't work. The power of your faith in action is unleashed through your obedience and commitment to God. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. Now, there's another wonderful thing. Now, they're going to walk from the wilderness, whoever knows, through the desert, through whatever it is, get back to Egypt. And all this time, they're talking about, what do you think we do this? Oh, God, what do we do first? How, we, how, how do we put this together? I'm telling you, God's right there with them. Amen? He's directing your path. And she said, well, how do I know? Because God speaks to us. And sometimes you just got to slow down a minute. And understand, let's say it again, God speaks through the church, he speaks through the word, he speaks through circumstances, he speaks through the Holy Spirit, and he speaks through prayer. That's five ways God speaks to us. He's not a a God far in the distance, he's a God right here with us speaking to us. If you're not hearing God, and you're not listening to God, it's not God's fault, I promise you he's speaking to you. You just got to get obedient with God, because God's not going to compromise with any part of you. And he'll speak to you and you'll hear it. And the best thing about it is you know God was right there. Amen? I got God stories. I got thousands of God A lot of you have heard my God stories. And a lot of you have not heard all the God stories. I've just got so many God stories. That's those things that, that God is speaking right to you. And you know you've got to do it right now. Amen? You know, I don't understand this. Why is this happening? But, but God's speaking right there. I remember one time I had a, sitting up in a, out, in a, out in a front porch down in Brown County. We had a quite a bit of land it was a lot of woods i might have told you a story before some of you've heard i'm sure and it was a lot of woods and i've had this thing where with car wrecks and all that where people not me personally but other car wrecks around me and I, and vicky come out you know she says there's some kind of lights out there in the woods and so i'm looking i'm saying it's way out there on the road and i'm about a couple thousand feet from there and i'm looking through the woods and i say i see these lights but it's like way down in the ditch I'm like, man, what is going on? There's lights out of my, somebody out there trying to do, what is going on? So naturally, I head up there. My fences, the wood fence is gone. There's a car not on its wheels. It's upside down. Upside down, in, way down in the ditch. And I'm looking, and everything is caved in. <coughs> Things are caved in, and these guys are crawling out of the car. Now, it was a total nightmare, let me tell you. I got, the police came. Every, you know, call the police, everything come. And these guys, of course, you know what they are? Everybody say drunk. drunk. Yeah. Really. You know what? They, they come up, they scrape the telephone pole. You could see where they scraped the telephone. The only, if they would not be here today, if they had to scrape the telephone pole. They scraped that telephone pole, it flipped them upside down in the dish. If they had hit that telephone pole head on, they'd be dead. They come crawling out of there. Now, I get their names and numbers, and I'm praying with them. And the next day, I head over to their house. I can't tell you anymore. That I, I went over and gave them the word of God. I gave them the truth of God. I gave them the love of God. They allowed me to come in. Now, from that day forward, I have no idea what happened. But I knew one thing. God put them in my front yard. I didn't need a neon sign. He put them in my front yard. Amen? Now, I can go up there and bandage them up and help them up. And this has happened to me more times than I can talk about. But God put them in my front yard. Now, God puts people in front of you at certain times. Now, if you're listening to God and paying attention to God, you'll know that God wants to release those people from slavery. 
from the, from the sin and the, and, the, and the destruction they're in. Now, they may not come out of that, but I can tell you what, I gave them what I'm supposed to give them. Now, they may be saved by today. I don't know. That's up to God. I just know I gave them what I'm supposed to give them. Now, there's lots of stories like that. Amen? Now, I want to I challenge you all to gather your God stories. They're your witness. They're, they're the things that God uses. He speaks through these things. And I'm going to tell you, most of the time, you're not going to want to get involved. But will you get involved? Now I can tell you that Moses probably struggled and Aaron probably struggled to get involved in this. But when God spoke to him, and they went. They got obedient to God. When God allows these things to take place in your life, he's asking you, will you be obedient to me? Because if you will, you're going to be blessed. You say, how can you get blessed? You don't know what happened. Do you know that when you go to somebody's house and then they, they just come so close to death, and you can get on your knees with them and pray with them, complete strangers. I don't know how more blessed you want to be. That's a great, wonderful blessing. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did the signs and the sign of the people. Okay, there's a couple things here. One thing, that he, Aaron, Aaron believed everything Moses was telling him. He listened to God. He got connected with Moses. They got around the campfire, and he believes it. He hasn't seen it yet, but he believes it. He heard it. He believed it. Amen? How do we believe? We hear the word, and we believe. Amen? We're to hear the word, and then we're to choose, do I believe it or do I not believe it? Well, Aaron chose to believe it, and so they're back here and all these people, and they, get, they gather all the elders around. And that's an amazing thing right there. I mean, why would anybody pay attention to, to Aaron and Moses that ran off 40 years ago? But see, because God's working ahead of us. Amen? God's working ahead of us if we'll listen and pay attention. I can tell you that one of the biggest problems with Christians today, they don't hear God speak. They're too busy doing so many other things, they don't hear God speak. And if we can't hear God speak, how are we going to be the voice and the feet and everything else for God? He has chosen the church as his plan to help redeem this world. Through his blood, through the cross, but we're the ones he's chosen to speak to be the church. And if Christians can't hear God, how in the world are they going to be obedient to God and work for God? Then he did the signs in the sight of the people. So Aaron comes forth with Moses, and Moses kind of standing off here, and he's telling Aaron what to do, and he's doing the signs, and all the, the elders, or whoever it is here, they're listening, they're paying attention. They're paying attention because God directed them. Amen? Come tell you what, God controls your heart, doesn't he? Bill, I'll control myself. Yeah, right. What do we say about that, buddy? You can't even, can't even go control when you go to the bathroom, right? You want to act like you can control yourself. You can't control nothing. You've tried to control it. You've tried your best. How'd that work out for you? Disobedience always separates us from God. Amen? Disobedience, when we're disobedient to God, I don't care if you've been a Christian 100 years, when you're disobedient to God, it's going to start the separation from God. You say, I'm going to lose my... No, it's going to start the separation from God. In other words, God says you've got to be obedient. And that separation is when you start to not hear God because you're not agreeing with God. See, obedience is agreement with God. Disobedience is a disagreement with God. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, don't dis when I disagree with Vicki, there's some hard times coming. Well, there is. 
Now, not all the time, but most of the time, there's some hard times coming. Most times she's right, daggone it. George, about them women, they're usually right. Man, I hate that part of it. You know the thing about God? He's always right. Amen? Even when Vicky's not right, God's right. God's right. So sometimes we've got to always listen to God. Because he's always right. Disobedience always separates us from God. And that disobedience, another word for that is called, everybody say rebellion. Yeah. Rebellion. You say, well, I mean, I, I'm not rebellion to God. Maybe I don't agree with everything he says, but I'm not. In re- yeah, you are. You're lying to yourself, and you're believing the lie. You're in some kind of slavery's hold, man. You're just lying to yourself. This world is a funny world. Everybody's going to heaven, but nobody does anything to get there except they, everybody, everybody. I don't care where you go, everybody's going to heaven. Buddy told me about somebody that never been in church hardly at all in their life, and they died, and everybody's standing around singing Amazing Grace. Well, I'm glad they're singing Amazing Grace, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to have to have more than a song to get you to heaven. Amen? You're going to have to cry out to Jesus Christ. You're going to have to believe who he is and believe that he died on that cross and believe and ask for forgiveness for your sins. Accept him into your life, not in a shallow way, but in a loving way. You love Jesus Christ. You fall in love with him, and boom, boom. He starts to change your life. Now, if that hasn't happened, if you don't have any relationship with Jesus Christ, He's gonna, you're going to go up there to the pearly gates, knock on the gates, and, and old St. Peter answers, who are you? He says, well, don't you know who I am? No, we don't. You've never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. So why, why, would, why would Jesus let a stranger into heaven? Your good intentions aren't going to make it. And that's what you've got to understand. We go to be your good intentions. I don't care how good they are. They're not going to make it. It's that relationship with Jesus Christ. This is John 8, 47. It's separation from God. It says here, this is John 8, 47. It says, he who is of God hears God's words. Amen? Let me read that again. He who is of God hears God's words. In other words, when we're speaking, when we're reading the word, when we're praying, when we have circumstances in our life, when the Holy Spirit comes upon whatever it is, we hear it. And we, we relate that to God. I don't relate it to a coincidence. I don't relate it to luck. You know, every time, I, every time somebody says, you're lucky, I said, no, I'm blessed. It's not, I don't believe in luck. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe I'm blessed. He who is of God hears God's words. Now, I can flip that around. If you're not of God, if you don't know Jesus Christ, then how do you hear God's words? You don't. Now, we can come to church and we can hear it because God is calling you to hear his words. He reaches out, he calls, he, he does everything possible to allow you to come into that fold of who he is. Arrogance separates us from God. He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not what? He's talking to the Pharisees here. Therefore, you do not hear Boy, can you imagine going up there to heaven? Of course, you ain't never getting there, let me tell you that. But in your own mind, you go up there and say, well, I heard you once. He says, you never heard me ever. I'll tell you, if you hear God, 
and you really want to understand who God is, you're going to get obedient to what he says. Amen? Anything else, you're just playing around. You're just compromising. Because you are what? Everybody say, not of God. Everybody say that. Okay, so if we go and be, I want to understand. I want to understand people. Most people don't know God. Most people don't know who Jesus Christ is. They haven't got a, haven't got a, uh, haven't got a clue. Except for what they've made up in their own mind. So we, we're going to start right here at the beginning. You've got to remember this. This is who you'll be dealing with. He who is of God hears God's word. It's not that I believe God. It's that are you a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you following God? Because if you believe in God, guess what? You'll be following God. Because I'd be scared to death not to. So it's more than a belief. It's about following the words of Jesus Christ. And when we don't, we get in trouble with our lives. It gets chaotic because you are not of God. Boy, that would be the last thing I'd ever want to hear from Jesus. You're not of God. The way of the wicked is like darkness. This is in Proverbs 4.19. The way of the wicked, the way of those, you say, well, who's wicked? Everybody outside of Jesus Christ. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that any, any, any more powerful, any more passionate. It's anybody that's outside of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. You may be the best old grandma that ever was. I'm sorry you may cook the best chicken and dumplings that ever was. And you may have raised up a lot of kids that needed help. Wonderful, wonderful. You've done really good in your life except for one thing. You've not accepted Jesus Christ. And that one thing is everything. Amen? They do not know what makes them stumble. See, the wicked, the way of the wicked is darkness. They're running around with no lights, darkness. They have no light of the word of God. They, their lives are always in turmoil. And they do not know what makes them stumble. They have not a clue what makes them stumble? All they hear is the me, myself, and I in their heads. And they fool around and they stumble all over their lives. And that stumble means the, the, the corruption of your life. It means the overwhelming darkness that just tries to destroy your life all the time. And it's like, man, there's got to be a better life than this, isn't there? Yeah, there is. There is. Faith in God. It's a great reunion. How much time I got? It's a great reunion. I just call this because it's like Moses and Aaron are coming back. And, and the people of, of God, the Israel at the time, the Hebrews, they've been in this slavery for 400 years. They've been in this slavery. They've been hanging on to God's promises from Abraham way back in Genesis that he's going to come back. He's going to get them loose. He's going to separate them. For 400 years they've been praying this. And here it is. Moses, a coward, a murderer, an adulterer, that's who God brings to them. And then Aaron, a man that's been faithful. I mentioned those things because, see, God will use you, amen? Who you were is not who you are when you come to Jesus Christ. 
He will use you in spite of your past. He will use you in all the darkness you've been. He will take all of that. He will throw it out. It's, you are above. You're away from that. Your, your sins have been forgiven. And he's going to make a new person in you. And he will use you. He will change you. He will lift you up that you can go and be the man and woman of God that he has chosen you to be. Amen? Man, that's good stuff. You start recognizing God speaking to you. And maybe it's one night you just wake up and God said, come, open up the word. I've got something to say to you. And I'm going to tell you why he always starts out with love. He starts out with this powerful love he has for us. Because he wants you to know how much he loves you. And he starts to show you that love from the cross. And he just keeps on going from there. Amen. Faith in God can be locked away if your obedience to God is not present. Faith in God. I mean, you see, I'm going to talk about this obedience of faith here in a minute. But faith in God, faith in God can be locked away if your obedience to God is not present. What is the, okay, I got a, I got a box here. This is like everything's locked up. I can't even get it open. There it is. And we, 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 we put away. We put away our faith in God. We put away our, we lock it all up. We start to lock it up. We start to compromise. We start to lock it up. Nothing seems to be working. We put away our, our direction from God, our trust from God. All that gets started to be put away because we're separating from God. We've locked it up in some box. And then we get into the next box. There's another box. You lock, oh, there's the cross. We'll put that aside for now. We get in the next box. Because we, we got a lot of boxes, don't we? Don't we got a lot of places to hide stuff? I don't know about you, Bill, but, you know, back in the day, I, I'd hide stuff. Like God wouldn't see it or something. And I'll tell you what, when we're in that slavery pit, we can be so foolish, can't we? We act like God can't see nothing. So we get this other box out. We got, then there's another box. That's what we do. Shut up now. I know that's funny, isn't it? I didn't know I had that box. I seen it the other back of my props. I thought that's gonna work good. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, man. Your faith and your and, and the direction and everything about it is like, let me out of the box. It's being nice about it. Excuse me, let me out. I just see God working in our lives. Come on, let, me, let that faith out. Quit locking it up. Quit with all the boxes. Let it out. Let God direct every bit of it. Amen? Faith in God can be locked away if your obedience to God is not present. In Romans chapter 1, verse 5, and this is the bookends. It's like Romans, this, 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 this verse here and then Romans 16, 26, is like two bookends to Romans. Through him we have received grace and apostleship from obedience to faith among all the nations for his name. Through him, through Jesus Christ. That's who Paul's talking about. He's right. We have received grace. Grace, that free gift of salvation through the cross. And an apostleship. In other words, he's given us the ability to be his apostle, to be the to be his ambassador, to speak the word of God. So now I have to hear God to be able to do these things. 
And that means I have to be obedient, like Moses and Aaron, to be obedient, listen to God, follow God no matter where it takes me. And then watch God work. See, when all those people gathered around Moses and Aaron, don't you think that was a big confirmation? Don't you just think, like, that's a God thing. Because there's no reason for the elders of, of Israel to, to, to focus on Aaron or, or, or Moses at all. But yet God was in front of them. When I went to speak to that man that night, or that afternoon, when I saw him, I didn't want to go. There's many times when, when God says, you're going to go over here and speak. I, I don't want to go. He said, why not? Because it's scary. Because I know what I'm dealing with. I'm not just dealing with some, some guy that's about to lose his life because of what he's done here. I'm dealing with the words of God. It's called salvation. It's called eternal life. Amen. It's not that I'm so scared of the people. I'm scared of what will happen to the people if they don't accept it. Therefore, when you go, you go in the obedience of God. You're prayed up. You're ready to go. You've listened to God. And the only reason you're going is because your heart trembles. And you know you've got to do it. Amen? You know the only, re only way that heart is going to quit trembling, the only way your mind is going to shut off is you go. You go. And when you get there, from the moment you get out of that car to the moment you start to knock on that door, your lips are praying because you haven't got the first idea what to say. You don't know whether they're going to slam the door on your face. You don't know anything. But you know that God's called you to go. And you've got to be what God's called you to be. I'm telling you, people. There's so many people out there hurting. There's so many people in pain. There are so many people that have not seen the truth. They've not heard the truth. They go to church and that church lets them down. And then they start to blame that. One church that lets you down, that's not an excuse to stay away from God. Although people use that. That's not an excuse. I can't tell you how bad people need you. I can't emphasize it enough. Of how bad people need you. You're the love of God. You're the voice of God. You're the reason of God. You're the purpose God still has you on this earth. It's to be his words, his love, his voice. And I can tell you something. I don't know what that man, what happened to that man or that woman. I heard later on he had to go to jail for all that. It was his second or third or fourth DUI. I don't know. But he won't forget that day. It'll always be in the back of his mind. Amen? I know it will. Through him we have received grace. Man, I can't, I can't give grace, but I can tell you about grace. Amen? I can give grace in certain ways, but the grace of salvation comes from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And apostles, in other words, I've got the authority. I've got confidence that I can go. Amen? I've, I've unleashed the boxes. I've, I've, I've gone away with all the excuses. I've heard it say, please let me out. We can go. I'm going to tell you something. From the bottom of my heart, I'll tell you something. When you go and you're prayed up, you've got no, nothing in your, in your life that's distracting you, I'm telling you, they know it. 
people know it. They can see it in your eyes. They can feel the Holy Spirit all around you. They know it. They know that you're coming in the confidence of God. They know it. I've seen people throw me out. I've seen people reject. I've seen people get on their knees and accept the Lord. I've seen it all. But we keep on going. Amen. No matter what takes place, we keep on going. In Romans 16, 26, the other book in it says, But now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faith. They said it twice in the New King James. For obedience to the faith. Got to have obedience to my faith, or my faith is pretty much worthless. I've got to have it. Now, all of you might come and decide you want to ask God to give you a, a God story, something that, that you know is straight from God. And I'm going to tell you to be careful with this because once you say that, once you pray that, God will, He will give it, He will do it, and He'll expect you to follow through. And if you don't follow through, it's going to be hard on you. So when you pray something like that, You've got to be prepared to follow through. Amen? So many Christians, they, they, they don't follow through. In 1 Peter 1, 14, it says, and obedient children, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust. In other words, we can't go back to where we came from. We're not conforming that as your arrogance. As in your arrogance. And if you'll look, if you'll pay attention, you're going to see that arrogance runs rapid today. People don't need God. They don't need the church. They don't need anything. That's arrogance. I'm going to tell you, Jesus can soften that arrogance. Amen? He can soften it. And he can use your love to help that process because you're called out to do it. As Aaron and Moses would go back to these would go back to Egypt and all they know is to go and say, let my people go. Let my people go. And every time you walk up to a door and you know somebody in that, that, that building or that house or that gas station or that grocery store, I'm going to tell you, you can just pray and you can say, Lord, help me to understand they need to let go of that sin. Let my people go. Let them go. Let them go, Satan. Let them go, evil. Ask God to do that. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. You know, there's not too many soul winners in the world anymore. Got some evangelists going around doing wonderful jobs. Got some great pastors, great leaders, great teachers, great lay leaders, great people doing wonderful jobs. We need some people to learn how to win souls. Amen? We need some soul winners out there. We need people to, to follow through, to finish it up. Now, it's not up to us whether people accept Christ or not, but we need people that can do that. They can say, let's go to the Word of God. Let's get this done. Let's, let's it's leave it up to them what the choice is. But we need people that can do that. Not that they can go to the, the threshold of it and never cross over the threshold, but they can actually know how to do it. And that means discipleship. That means planning. That means preparation. You know how a doctor becomes a doctor? He goes to school and he learns. He gets in study time, man. He learns. It, just doesn't, it isn't a zapping. It's a learning process. And I, I don't know why the church doesn't think they need to learn things anymore. you got to get past the basics. you got to learn. There's a way to do these things. And a lot of it comes through the relationships. The sooner or later that relationships needs to take the next step. 
Y'all with me? Trust God with your loved ones. This principle God gave me. Trust God with your loved ones through their valleys and mountaintops. Aaron was trusting God with Moses, wasn't he? Can you imagine how many times Aaron prayed for Moses, his brother? He didn't know what happened to him. He trusted him. I guarantee you, Moses was trusting his, with God with his mom and Aaron and all the other people. Now, they, they had this separation because of this sin that took place with Moses. But trust God with your loved ones through the valleys and mountaintops. In other words, in that valley, when they seem like they're in the lowest point, trust God with them. Trust God. Just trust God with them. Trust God that they'll be obedient to God in the valleys. And when they're on the mountaintops, when everything is just going great, Trust him even more there because that's when it can really fall. So trust your family. Trust your loved ones with God. Knowing that if they are in Christ, they too are trusting God with your valleys and mountaintops. Amen? Isn't it good to have people praying for you? Isn't it? No, wait a minute. Let me, get, let me, get, let me go, don't go shout here. Isn't it good to have people praying for you? You know, there's people in here today. You know why you're here? Because somebody was praying for you. You could say, well, it's a coincidence. No, it's not. Somebody, whether it's your mama, your daddy, your brother, your sister, friend, or whatever it is, is praying for you. God said, I heard the cry of my people in Egypt. And I sent Moses. In other words, he heard them praying. And at that right, perfect time, God sent Moses. And God will send you in the exact same time. We'll be here in a minute. We're going to close. This, these verses were meant to people in the church today called the rapture. That's not what it was meant. It was meant to be encouraging. And, 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 and the theologian stuff, they've, they've done all kinds of things with it and whatever. I don't care about none of that stuff right now. It was meant, the verses before this, it was meant to encourage people. People, loved ones were dying. They were being separated. Paul wrote these down because people said, what happened to my, to my loved ones that died or they call it falling asleep in the Bible? I'm going to tell you, the thief on the cross, Jesus said that today you'll be with me in paradise. And Paul will say to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. That means that whole that spirit, your soul, is moving on to home, heaven. Amen? Now this particular time, it says, then who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, com comfort one another with these words. That's what these words were given to, to comfort us. That I know, in verse 4, it talks about the dead will rise first. That I know, and that's, the, that's that new body that's coming. You're going to get a glorified body. I know. And I, I'm going I'm to meet my great-great-great-grandpa that I don't know exist. Amen? I'm going to meet people in my life, that family that I didn't even know existed. And because of things they did, here I am. God, he brings us together. As he brought Moses and Aaron back to this, to this group to separate them. I love it because when we die, when God comes, when Christ comes back, man, he is going to bring us back together with our loved ones. Amen. But until then, he wants to assure us they're okay. But when we caught up together, together. I'm going to see my mom and my dad and some of my family again. Amen? Amen? That's an encouragement thing to me. And I'm so encouraged that I don't want my other family members that I'm never going to see again 
for eternity because they're not going to be caught up together with us. Some of you may go before me, some of you may go after me, but whatever it is, when we're caught up in there, man, I'm going to say, hey, Bill, man, this is a ride. Amen. I'm going to look at this new body, Bill. Bill's in my back, don't hurt no more. Man, it's going to be fun, isn't it? It's going to be amazing. And for those that get to spend, that have passed on before Jesus Christ comes back, they get to spend that time in heaven with Jesus. In the Spirit. What an encouragement that is to me. It should encourage us so much that we learn how to go and be the feet, the hands, the voice, and the love of God. Now here's the, here's the last one. Brooke can come on up in time. So the people believed. Amen? And we're back to Exodus and, and Aaron and Moses have just poured it out. Can you imagine the passion, the explosion that come out of their lives? I mean, they, 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 had, a, they had a task before them. They had to show them what God had told them. And they come together, and it says they believed. Amen? Everybody say they believed. They believed. believed. Now, the the task ahead looks absolutely impossible. It looks like there is no way on this earth that they're going to get out of the slavery after 400 years. They weren't looking at the task. Amen? They were looking at God. If you take your eyes off of the task and look to God, you're going to see a lot more than anybody else can see. So the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he had looked on their affliction, in other words, all the sufferings and all the things that have been taking place in the last 400 years, Then they bowed their heads, and what did they do, Brooke? They worshipped. They worshipped, and that girl can worship. Along with everybody else up here, Kelly, Becky, all they can worship. Worship God. Not because, (laughs) I mean, let's face it. They had two squiggly-looking men come back to them. One of them they hadn't seen in 40 years. What do they got to worship over? Because two guys come back in, one 80 years old, another maybe old, I don't know. They come back because these two guys come in and they tell them some things? Because they believe God visited those two men. Amen? They believed it with everything they had. The circumstance didn't matter. They believed. I believe Jesus Christ died on a cross. I believe it with everything I've got. I, w- I, c- I wouldn't have any ability. Brooke, you, wouldn't have any, you may have a beautiful voice, but you wouldn't have that worship soul in you if you didn't believe. You understand? Right? Because that's what changes us. I believe. And I love him. And because of that, he changes us and makes us new. There's one way to heaven. It's called Jesus. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen? If you've been searching some other way or think there's some other path, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're back to Proverbs. You're in the darkness and you stumble. 
because you're not willing to listen and hear the voice of God. Now, y'all need to write this principle down here. You just need to write this down in your Bible right here. Trust God with your circumstances. In other words, trust God no matter what anything looks like. You trust God in your circumstances. They may just be tomorrow's confirmation from God. Amen? Moses is going to have to go through some, quite a few things. He's going to have to deal with Pharaoh. We're, we're, we're going to walk our way through this. And the circumstances are even going to get harder on the people of God. So hard that they're going to just about kill Moses and Aaron. But Moses never took his eye off of God. With all the circumstances, because he knows tomorrow could be the confirmation he's looking for. What a wonderful God we serve. Amen? Isn't he good? Everybody say God's good. Am I crazy or is God good? He's just good, isn't he? Let's stand and let's worship God. If you belong to Jesus Christ, listen to me now. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you are sold out to him, if you have put away the, 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 the compromises and all that junk, and if you have unlocked the boxes, the boxes and let it all out, or if there's something stuffed down in there, if love is inside that box and it's stuffed down in there, you come up here. You don't need a man to help you do anything. You come up here and get on your knees. You let God separate that from you. And you get right with God. It don't matter who's or what's going on in your life. It's about you and God. Amen? And then you get up, and if you're a child of God, you come and you worship God, and you take communion with God. If you haven't asked Jesus Christ to come in your life, or if you've got issues in your life, you're not willing to get him out, just stay where you're at. That's not going to be good for you. Just stay where you're at. But I'm begging you and I'm asking you to get your life right with God. Not just for yourself, but for the world. For everybody you come in contact with. Quit bowing down to the world and raise your eyes to Christ. Amen? Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning, Lord. Father, those ones out here, Father, that need to get their life obedient with you. Oh, Lord. I've spoke your words of truth the best I know how, Father. Take the vice off the hearts. The, that vice that just clamps that heart, that evil just keeps cranking on. Oh, Father, loosen that up. Let the Holy Spirit move in and make them new. Lord, it's in your love we pray through the power and the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come, enjoy the Lord today.